0: Availability may vary by market.
1: The pitch was slippy, Brad. That's why we lost.
0: Well, it has been, been raining. It had been raining.
1: It had been raining.
0: When Arsenal
1: knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. That's Pierre! Welcome back to the Unai Emery Loves Club merch podcast with Alexander Moneypenny and my very, very, very good friend...
0: Bradley Adams. Hello, mate.
1: Hello. Uh, Arsene Wenger. Selling... Well... Francis Coquelin completing a successful trial in England in 2008, signing his final contract the year before Wenger goes so he can play for Arsenal and later be sold to Valencia and afterwards Villarreal so he can come on in the semi-final of a Europa League tie at half-time, and give Arsenal a chance to get back in the game. Arsene Wenger, he's done, he's it, done it again. It, again. <laughs> it was clear, the plan all along. Arsene's playing 8D chess here, boys, and you just don't see it. Welcome to a different Rock podcast. We're going to try and attempt to <laughs> analyze um, Arsenal one, uh, Villarreal two um, in the Europa League first leg of the semi-final. Um, it feels like Brad might be having a. Is it an aneurysm? What is it?
0: Yeah, it's just a searing pain behind my eyes from yeah. the amount of shite I've just had to ingest.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's sort of <laughs> filling you up. Well, it will come out on this podcast. No worries. <laughs> There's space Mate. for it here. <laughs> How are you feeling, man?
0: Uh, done, if I'm honest, with with the process, with the project. You know, with, with the comments from Mikel in his, his interviews, it leads me to believe that maybe, you know, getting into the European Super League was the whole process. Because, I, I, honestly, I just don't see where we're going. You know, we've got a manager who's come in and from now and again, all of this is my opinion and through my prism of how I'm viewing this uh, and probably through a different prism than I would view it if we were to record tomorrow morning. But like, Yes,
1: just to clarify, we're recording immediately literally after the game, immediately yeah, after
0: yeah. The game because I've, I'm, I'm unavailable tomorrow. Always, so It always colours things slightly. Yes. It really does colour things. But the issue is, right, we've got a manager in charge who's won an FA Cup. With, you know, what you could just say was new manager bump, new manager coming in. We were outplayed in the semi-final by City and were lucky that they didn't have their shooting boots on and that we did. You know, we had two shots on target and scored two goals, I think. So that happened. And then, you know, the first time that he had the chance to shape his squad and bring it into the league, we've now had the worst season that Arsenal have had in the last 30, 40 years. Definitely the worst season in my lifetime. Uh, we're currently being... We, we we tonight were outplayed by a manager that we sacked that because he wasn't good enough, who had a team with arguably less talent in it performing better than ours. And for me, it's just getting to a point where I go... Mikel is not getting the best out of these players and he's not learning from his mistakes. And arrogantly, we went into this game tonight without playing a number nine, thinking that, you know, we could be some kind of pseudo city. And I think mm. that that is that, that is what we I, for me have come to realize is that, you know, I just think Miguel Arteta is like an own brand pep and he's trying to do the things that Pep does, but one can't do them, and two can't do them with the quality of players that he's got. And the issue is... is the kind of statement of a good manager is he can go in and improve a team at no matter what quality. You look at Bielsa at Leeds, he's gone in and turned a championship level squad because don't get me wrong, certain players in that club are fucking dross. There's a reason they got slapped 6-1 by United at the beginning of the season. Like, some of those players are absolute dog shit and they're above us. You know? It's that is the kind of moniker or the kind of um the proof of a good manager is that no it that it doesn't require the tools and that's something that's been levied at pep so much is that he hasn't yet been able to win a champions league without the best player in the world and i the, i and i was having a conversation with one of our listeners alex over twitter uh and i basically just said um you know spurs have just sacked their manager a week before a cup final because If he won the cup, there is talk that after, especially after Conte managed to successfully sue Chelsea for more money for wrongful dismissal after his sacking from them. And apparently it was in his contract. You know, I sent you that um, leaked Jamie Radnapp WhatsApp that apparently it was in his contract that if they were outside the top six, they could sack him and pay him less. And they've currently got pretty much a free run at Ten Hag. They could try and tempt Brendan Rodgers all of these managers...
1: They, they um, won't get Brendan Rogers, but yeah.
0: No, I, I don't think they'll get Brendan Rogers because I I don't think they'll pay the money. I think that, you know, Leicester don't need the money, so they'll go to Spurs and they'll say, you can give us £30 million, And Spurs will say no, but Ajax is a different story. Ten Hag's been there a long time. He's got a proven European track record. And okay, yeah, you know. Um, it's a weaker league, but it's a weaker league where... Two seasons ago, he got Ajax to the Champions League semi-finals and within touching distance of uh, final. And I am just getting to the point where I I am starting to question why we haven't abandoned ship yet, because things are really really dire and the same mistakes are happening. And there they're, and again, you know, we hit a decent vein of form in December, but how much of that was? Mikel being forced into playing certain players like Emil Smith-Rowe, who then just seized their opportunity because at the time, Gabriel and William had COVID issues and they couldn't play. So how much of the situations that Mikel has benefited from have been his own doing? Because what it seems to me is every time that he's deciding something, when it comes to our patterns of play, it's not working out for us very well. We've just been played out by a man who quite xenophobically... A lot of our fans and the English media hounded out of this country with a worse squad. You know, Raul Albiol's 35, for Christ's sake. And we didn't say to Nicolas Pepe, I want you to sprint at him. We made Spurs' fourth choice right back in Juan Foyth look like Cafu tonight. We didn't Who's learn. Who's got from... number eight
1: on his back, even more Mate, offensively.
0: No, disgusting, disgusting. <laughs> we didn't learn from Richarlison, I voice noted this to you tearing apart Granite Xhaka yet Chigwezi is one of their most kind of promising and most dangerous players and we decided to play the least athletic person in our team at left back there is no process because for me there is no progression other than lucky breaks because every time I see an opportunity for Mikel to learn and Mikel to grow and to kind of um tap into this potential that we are so often lauded with. You know, he has potential. He's a young manager. Give him time. He fails to make that step. And how often do we, uh, for how long do we rely on that thought that he might once come good? It it just reminds me of Theo Walcott. It really does just remind me of Theo Walcott. We spent so much time putting our eggs in the basket. He's the the managerial Theo Walcott. he he, He is the
1: so on 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 that and and now, Theo fo-
0: Walcott is massively disrespected as a footballer, but he was i but genuinely, but I think that's because you could see that there was a higher ceiling for him that he never achieved, which is a real shame for him in his career, but he is this kind of character that at the moment has fulfilled none of this potential that we're talking about, and i and when you have people around you and clubs around you. Making serious decisions like sacking their manager, who a manager who'd won th- three was it is it three Champions Leagues or two Champions Leagues and three Premier Leagues? You know is one of the most successful managers in history. They've sacked him. It's we're in the same situation that we were when we when we had Emery last season when it came to kind of the point where we sacked him, where we were looking at it and Spurs were looking at Pochettino and Spurs sacked Pochettino and got Jose in and we sacked and I wouldn't want Jose. Because I think that just goes against the morals and traditions of everything this club has ever stood for. Mm. But I, I, yeah. I, as somebody who wants Arteta to succeed, and I've, I've, even though I've had points where I've said maybe he needs to go because I, I don't know if he can change this, and maybe that will just give us a bump. I mean, we were looking like we were in a relegation scrap at the time. I don't see how a manager. Should be allowed to survive this amount of failure.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's about ten minutes of stuff to come back on there, but I yeah, will, I'm will, really yeah. sorry. I kind of just went no, with no, 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 no. I'm, no, fe- I'm
0: feeling I've ne- I've honestly never felt so dejected from my football club. No like, mate, so and, and so removed,
1: and that's why I let you speak because I think there's a lot of stuff there, and I think it's important to. I think there'll be a lot of people who feel really similar to you, mate. Um, can I plug something, Brad?
0: Yeah, oh mate, <laughs> is, you plug it away. Which is
1: why I wanted to. In fairness, I literally edit the podcast, so you don't you don't have much creative control over it. Um, so, <laughs> um, on Eggs in Baskets, um, I've written a piece for youaremyarsenal.com this week. It is good. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's all about Arteta's position and and what I think has changed post ESL. And I think, and something I want to come back to, I actually think we are definitely in our own sort of Jose position. And do we stick or do we twist? I'll come back to that in a second. But just to, just to finish up on this point, the this, the the Super League, I think this process and this project with Arteta has been going on. And I think it's been allowed to happen because there feels as though there's there's bigger priorities here. And if this has been in the background, if this has been Cronky's thing that he knows is going to happen, at some point the Super League is going to happen, he doesn't really care. Ultimately, Arsenal were profitable from about 2011 till about 2018 when we came out of the Champions League. When we don't, when we come out of the Champions League, we're not profitable, and the Cronkies now have full ownership in the summer of 2018, and they go right. What are we going to do? They move quickly. Wenger goes. They move quite relatively quickly to get rid of Emery, and they're now in a position where they're losing money. The Super League doesn't look like it's going to happen, and Arteta is not getting results on the pitch. I think Arteta post Super League now that's not going to happen because they can give him time under that because they know the revenues aren't going to be affected long term because they that that's tied up they're now in a position with arteta where they have a situation where if the super league's not going to happen they need results and they need results quick and once they get those players in in the summer i think Mikel's going to be in a really, really precarious position. I think he already is. I think he'll be given to sort of the the um, the end of the season, and then probably a similar time to Emery will be asking those questions uh, in the sort of November, December, if he's not getting the re- results. I think we're in a different position to Spurs, but we have our own similar situation in a stick or twist kind of thing where it's how, how much further do we go? It's, it's, do we cut our losses? Do we expect this thing to come good? There's more precedent with Jose that it, that it sort of goes South. We don't know with Mikel, maybe that's an even worse position to be in, but I think the, um, the other thing, the thing that you said at the beginning about the process, I believe we're now in a very, very different position post ESL, not working, from the Cronkies. I think Mikel Absolutely. is in a much more precarious position now. Um, and I, I wonder whether they pull the trigger if he doesn't win, uh, the Euro, uh, win the Europa League. I don't know. But I think Mikel's kind of, and I, and I speak about it in the in the article, s- certain things that he's done that feel long-term, you know, sending Saliba out, sending Guendouzi out, you know, his treatment of Martinelli, his treatment of Willian, all these sorts of things, you know, allowing Mikel to make those mistakes, I think now become the the tether becomes a lot shorter. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: And to bounce off of that, I think the Super League is going to happen at some point or a, a variation of it. You know, these people are venture capitalists. They're billionaires. They will find a way to, and whether that's promotion, relegation, any of this bullshit, they will find a way to make it happen and to get more money. And we're already seeing slight parts of that with the kind of Swiss, Star model reform of the Champions League with two legacy spots, yep. being added, you know so it that it's more about the interim and between now and then, being out of the Champions League is a massive hit, but then being out of the Champions League and out of the Europa League is an even bigger hit, and you know I think all of these billionaire owners were fucking idiots and thought that that i f- f- I don't really think it was fan power that stopped it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, all of these people own the clubs. They can do what they want with them. They care more about people's money in Dubai. And um, I was watching the kickoff for the um, Chelsea, not Chelsea, for the City final. I think it was a City final. And Rory on there made a really good point about they don't want like regular season. They don't care about season ticket fans. They want, it's not you what know, the revenue is. they want Josh from Dallas to come over with his six kids and spend each of them buy a, an authentic replica shirt for £100 in the store. And then, you know, that's where the money is and that's where this is going, you know. And it was no surprise that with the ESL, there'd be a point where, you know, certain away games would be played in Dubai or would be played mm. in the US because they could, they'll charge three times the ticket price in the US because Josh from Dallas never gets to see Man United or Arsenal play. So he's willing Josh to pay that Dallas. money. What's he like? And now that the 350 million a year or whatever and the COVID relief bounce and everything from the ESL doesn't exist. I really agree with you that the, the ramifications of Mikel's decisions for the last six months really will start to hold more weight. Mm. And mm. for me, I just I think one thing that I think is really important is that we learn from certain mistakes that we've made in that there wasn't. You know, when when Klopp was going and when Pep was going and when that massive managerial shift was coming, we were two years too late yep. to kind of start a transition. And it now feels like we are at the end of a managerial cycle. Hansi Flick's got the, uh, the Germany job. Nagelsmann's gone to Bayern. Uh, Marco Rosa's gone to Dortmund. You've got Tuchel now at Chelsea. Oli looks safe at thingy. Uh, United. You've got City with Pep. Liverpool with Klopp. The only, uh, the only re- like actual manager, other than obviously Jose Mourinho, which I don't think we'd go for anyway, because if the Cronkies ever hired an ex-Spurs manager, there would be fucking riots in Islington. I <laughs> don't think they <I> um, care. <laughs> I Honestly, don't think they care. If they no, are. but as in, like, it would, like, that would, they would the, be. the reaction yeah. would be worse than the Super League, mate. Shit would be getting smashed. It'd be horrific. But um, the the last manager that I can really think of or see with any actual, with any pedigree, that I go, yeah, this is a good man to take as a project going forward, is Ten Hart. and there's talk of, yeah. <laughs> and there's talk of him going to Spurs at the moment. And one thing that I think is really important is we don't sit on this idea that Mikel's going to come good. When we've had no evidence that Mikel's gonna come good and let yeah. the last manager of this cycle of manager shifts go yeah. and end up stuck with Eddie Howe. Yeah. You know, all Rafa. It's, it's Benitez, stick or twist. And all respect yeah. all respect to Rafa Benitez and Eddie Howe. Rafa Benitez, I Rafa Benitez I wouldn't mind in terms of stature, because you know, champ I'm pretty sure he won a Champions League, didn't he? He's a Champions League winner.
1: I don't think so. I could I don't be think wrong. So. Let me look that up.
0: Look that up, but a massive amount of pedigree. But the one reason I wouldn't want Rafa Benitez is he plays uh, a less attractive brand of football per se. Uh, and then you've got Eddie Howe, somebody who doesn't have the pedigree, could do all right on the offensive end, but can't def- coach a defensive Yeah, of course shit. he did.
1: He won the fucking Liverpool one. I'm such an idiot. <laughs>
0: yeah, he did, didn't he? Jesus, um,
1: <laughs> Istanbul one.
0: Christ. But geez. you know, like it, I, I just it just feels like. 2016 again when Liverpool started their rebuild when everyone started to get things going again and constantly we have just been left behind and I just really hope that this time we don't get left behind and look I I've wanted Mikel to work from the start you know uh, whether by hook or by crook I wanted this project to work because you know not only do, do other people speak so highly of him but um he just generally speaks well of the game, but there's a difference between speaking well of the game and in practice actually being a, a good and successful yeah. manager. Yeah. And look, there are Ten Hag has his hang ups, and that's what I was discussing with Alex on Twitter. But I and I think it is again because we're recording after the match, and I just feel so exasperated by the whole thing. Like, I genuinely have never felt so dejected and um. just detached from the club. Like it, like it feels like there's nothing good I can support about this club any at the moment, you know, cause I can't champion the fact that what we about the kits, Brad? The what kits? about the kits? What? A f-
1: they'll bring out <laughs> another kit that reminds us of the good old days. Yeah.
0: They'll bring out another <laughs> banana kit that would remind us when we were actually successful.
1: Right, mate, we should, right. I, I can, com- I completely actually agree get with into the game. And yeah. I think there'll be a lot of people who really, really empathize with your, your feelings tonight. And, um, it's tough, man. It's really tough. We're we're in a very very precarious position. We have to be extremely careful how we make these next few steps. Yeah. And I think you're right. Um, yes. Anyway, Arsenal. How do won. you feel,
0: mate? Are you are you alright? How are you feeling? I know I've just talked for basically like what thirteen <laughs> no, out of the eighteen no, minutes we've been recording. But how I, are you I,
1: feeling? I think no. It's it's it, it's fascinating because I I really. I think everyone who listens to this podcast regularly knows I'm a, I'm a massive sort of Arteta disciple and I'm a huge fan of the way he communicates. But interestingly, I was having this discussion with my with my partner this evening. It's like is the difference between Unai and Arteta just the communication, or like you know, just just my, just what I get from Good hair, watching like a nice pre- press and you know and nice teeth in the in the second season. <laughs> like well, what is it like you know yeah. like and and. I think maybe there's a, there's a certain element of you know there was some dog football under Emery, absolute dog, but there's been some dog football under Arteta, and I think it's, it's, it's important really to say to as know. well,
0: just because, like when we say like this isn't us saying that we think that Emery was good enough, and we I still think that Emery should have gone. It's just yeah. now I'm tending to put Arteta in the same kind of bracket where I don't think he's good enough as well. Do you know well, what I mean? Yeah,
1: it's it's Arteta would have gone. For for, for uh, Emery would have gone for less than Arteta's has done, hundred percent. Yeah, oh god. Yeah, and 100%. I and I understand there's a certain you know upside to Arteta. There feels like a, a bigger thing there. And I actually do. I think if I was pushed, I'd stick behind that. But in moments like these, you really really question it. And and you know and hopefully we'll look back on these and go, you know, this was a all part of the process. But it's difficult to see that right now. Um. So yeah, Arsenal one, Valencia two. Um. I think whatever happened this evening, it was going to be a big night for Pepe. Um, I was kind of sat there before the game, hoping he was watching that video of you know the one of whom I am in training, where he goes, Gone! Gone yeah, okay, gun, gun, gun." <laughs> um, <laughs> I might, I might play that instead of me doing it, just because <laughs> <laughs> probably best.
0: <laughs> the, the, the 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 thing about this, the, the, thing, the thing that I like. It's not even that. It's like it was so bad under Emery that like I I there's this tweet or or a screenshot of this tweet that always goes around and it's um he got sacked after the Eintracht Frankfurt game. (laughs) I remember this so well. They scored and an Arsenal found tweet tweeted at Arsenal like get in because they just thought that (laughs) it was finally going and genuinely that just oh fuck it out yeah. Yeah. Just reminds you, it wasn't. It was. I know it's not all sunshine and roses from the previous guy. Like it was fucking abominable.
1: It was bad. But, and the fact and the fact that we're we're considering, you know, the, the comparison is is fascinating. Actually, there's a really good article in the Athletic that talks all about um, the differences in their management and the differences in their style, and talking about how much better, sort of a a managing up and managing down. Arteta is. There's talk of you know Emery. And again, as you sort of refer to, you know, the, 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 the communication issues. And it's not communication just linguistically, it's communication in terms of, you know, how you how you un- unite a group of players, how do you listen to your background staff, you all the these players, sorts of yeah. things. That that that's the communication things. Um yeah, um Why was Martin Keown, This is the big question of the evening, why was Martin Keane wearing pinstripes like he's in Bugsy Malone?
0: Oh mate, I, I don't the, know. I was I was watching You're watching K- I was watching an illegal whatever. stream with, you know Where do you get
1: these streams? Surely they just stream BT. I don't understand why you're st are you
0: streaming. No, because uh, I think I I don't know. I just I go on a website, I, I click on I click on the link and it normally I think no, because I want to know the end of this.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's because obviously I think BT and all of that and the English ones have a lot more security around their systems, whereas I okay. think in like a, CBS in, and it, stuff. It, yeah, it tends so you get to... In, yeah, it's, it, I either get American or Middle Eastern yeah. coverage. Okay. And it's, I'm not going to lie, sometimes I do love just listening to the Middle Eastern coverage. They're it's, so obsessed, aren't they? They love it. it. it the passion yeah, that they commentate with is unbelievable. Yeah. Like it puts yeah. Gary Neville and fucking... To shame.
1: That was good. I love Steve McManaman. Um The... <laughs> I don't, to clarify. Um, yeah, he, looked, he, he was also... Martin Ooh. Keown always stands with his neck. Watch him. He stands with his head like a little bit too far from his body. So he just looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> Literally exactly like that. We aren't on audio platforms. This is difficult. Anyway, let's get on the fucking football. Right, let's do it, um, mate. Fuck me. 24 so, minutes. Let's go. Lineups. Um, we had Lionel Messi in the false nine. Come on. Come on, that's quite good.
0: Yeah, we in Bayern, we have uh, Robert Lewandowski. You know, Robert Lewandowski.
1: <laughs> Liam or Messi? No? Okay. Uh, Smith-Rowe started out at false nine. Um, we've had discussions before on this podcast, whether you choose to believe it or not, Brad, that that I've suggested Pepe um, going in a striker. Through the middle. Yeah, and, and you know, they were kind of interchanging throughout the game. Uh, what do you think Arteta's thoughts there were like what's what's that about i mean obviously did, there's the options of martinelli at center forward. there's the option of inkettia why play that sort of fluid system and we're looking at I the don't know, um... mate.
0: <laughs> i can't i can't no genuinely <laughs> i look... can't tell you it's it's well looking at the average position <laughs>
1: network it's sort of almost like two two tens and two people on the outside there's no focal point i think that really really um limited us through the game mm. um
0: yeah, he's it, it basically it's so carbon strange. copied what City have been doing without Aguero. But the issue is, yeah. is City have fucking Mares and Foden on the wings. Yeah, and you know whatever you want to say about Pepe and Saka, both you know very good players. You know Nicola Pepe, no matter what you say, is our third highest contributor towards goals this season, and you know absolutely tore up League One. So he's not yeah. a bad player. And More goal the same, involvements he's than a...
1: any other player in the Europa League with exactly. uh, six goals and four
0: assists. He's a young guy. So, you know, you can't really expect him to be, you know, because Foden's on the level of Haaland, for Christ's sake, when it comes to ability. Like, I just think he's unbelievable. And then Mares is definitely a step ahead of where Pepe is. Mm. You know, but it's arrogance for me. You know, he's tried to carbon copy a system or at least implement a certain amount of it when we do not have the reason that that works for Pep is because half the time Cancelo doesn't play at left back or right back. He plays in the centre of midfield and then one of their central midfielders pushes up into Mm. that kind of false nine centre forward role. Whereas the difference is... What's happening is Smith Rowe is playing in the like the ten role rather than that false nine role, which is it's there and so it just does create this disconnect. And when you have a, like a serviceable striker on the bench in Martinelli, who whatever you want to say about him has come on and at every point he's come on this season has changed the game. To not give him a run out and an opportunity for the sake of it is what it feels like again it, it does it does just baffle me you know because i don't think we would have minded dropping smith rowe and having uh guard in the middle, Saka on the right, Pepe on the left and Martinelli up front. I think that would have been quite exciting. Mm. But I it think, just led to this system where we didn't have our first shot on target until we got a penalty in the seventh. Yeah, it was like minute.
1: Pe- Pepe and Abamey at the end or only two shots on target. I think, yeah. so, and something kind of overall my feeling on this game is like the, it feels as though we're trying to play a style of football that we're not, we're not ready for. And, you know, I watch Villarreal and they play a very, they have clear, you know, ball carriers. They have players who can beat a man on the on on the outside, and they they don't push up and they use their ball carriers from the middle. They're the sort of Parejo, and they're, they're both of their fullbacks are decent ball carriers as well. And they use that, and they and they basically took advantage of the fact that Arsenal won't get close to anyone, and it really worked for them. And what I what I feel in terms of our our position, what we were trying to do is that sort of you know ticky-tacky stuff around the box. And I think that works when you have a focal point. And that works when you have someone in the middle who is who is going to be that hold up man. And you know, yes, okay, you know, Saka and Erdegaard playing these nice little interchanges. They don't do anything. They don't they don't lead anywhere. Yeah. And if you and if you have no one in the box who's a physical presence, if you have no one, so you know, if we're going to do that to get a crossing opportunity, or we're going to do that to get a shot off, and you don't also don't have any central midfielders who can shoot, you fuck yourself. And then also in build up. We are missing Jacka massively, and I understand that. That's a sort of separate issue. But like, we miss that structure. And I think, you know, we'll get onto the performance of Danny Ceballos this evening. But not having someone and, and watching Party try and run that midfield on his own, he can't. He's surrounded by four or five guys. Valencia overload the midfield, win the ball, and run at us, and it works for them. That's and that's all they needed to yeah. do. And, and and it it felt so. um it felt so obvious watching what the yeah, issues are and, and and I don't know, it just...
0: It just feels like so many games this season where we've gone, Spurs are going to sit back and hit us on the counter. Let's prepare for that. We haven't prepared for that. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? It, and this is yeah. why I think I feel I am so, you know, I'm, I will support Arteta and the team in every game that he is in charge of. But for me, I think it is time... To especially with what's going on, move on. Mm -hmm. But regardless, you know, not nullifying and like not at least having a game plan to nullify the fact that Villarreal are going to get the ball and run at us, and not learning from our mistake of having Xhaka get turned inside out from Richarlison again has just Mm -hmm. led. It's led this game to be the exact same as Everton, where Mm -hmm. we have a clear weakness. And you know Cedric, whilst not good with his left foot, would have at least done a more athletic job and is more defensively sound at points yeah. than Xhaka. Yeah. And then we could have had him in the build-up, and you know we could take Sobios out of that midfield because yeah. the, like, and uh, you know Sobios getting sent off is entirely Mikel Arteta's fault, entirely his fault. He's got well, supposedly a card he was trying to get half.
1: a um... He was trying to get Martinelli on before that happened.
0: Yeah, but why didn't he get him on at half-time? Like, this is what I mean. It's all, it's all well and good Venga to
1: say the You're not no. seeing the 8D chess here, Brad.
0: But do you know what I mean? It's, it's all well and good no, saying, I oh, to... I was trying to get it on before it happened. But you fucking didn't. And then we had to play with a man down and we were lucky that Kapue chucked one of the worst challenges I've seen, you know, this season in.
1: And then pretended to be injured for ages. Pretended-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pretended to be injured for ages.
1: I'm sorry, if, if he's anyway. genuinely injured, I'll have another Aubameyang moment and be wrong and I'm okay yeah. about that. But, the, 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 I just highly doubt he's as injured. I couldn't see it, whatever it was. No, no. Had to be a hell of a muscle pull. Um, let me say that.
0: But yeah, like, it, it, it. why not take him off at half time? He's been running around like a headless chicken for 45 minutes and was already on a yellow card in the, in, in the first half and made another silly challenge. That yeah. Pr- I'm pr- I, Pretty sure it was in the first half. And I, I overheard the commentator say, Well, you know, that's his last one. Yep. And I'm like, well. Yeah. If if this is happening and you know this is happening, why aren't you changing it? And again, we brought on one change at the 60th minute or whatever, and then waited till the 80th minute to change anything else. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There this whole <laughs> game just feels like. It now, it, do you know what it do you know what it genuinely now feels like? It genuinely feels like it's transitioned from the players shooting us in the foot to Arteta shooting us in the foot as well by not being proactive and by not making changes. So it feels like, at least with Wenger, you could rely on the manager, whereas we didn't have the best playing staff. Whereas now it just feels like we can't rely on anyone, other than maybe Saka and Smith-Rowe.
1: Yeah, they, they, uh, they always... Give a good account of themselves. Um the game couldn't really establish itself before they basically had the goal. Um again, they let the right back run, no one no one closing him down. Um and then the basics the, 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 of football. It's the basics of football. But then again, and, and class is what we've just been talking about. Ceballos so gets drawn to the man, is it Chakwazi, who had a great game at points? Um he gets drawn to the man, so then um Erdegaard, who's on the right side, has to has to sort of shift uh-huh. over. Odegaard's not picking him up and then the guy scores and it's just, it, 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 I know I could have told everyone before this evening, <laughs> as if they're going to listen to me, but like we could have sat here and gone, Mikel, Ceballos, you need to tell him, stop getting drawn to the ball. And it happens, and they and they score. It, it it feels so. It's not like a great moment of of sort of of clarity, or a great moment of oh my god, that's what the problem is. It's the same shit over and over. But anyway, let's not let's not get too caught up in that. Villarreal will very Still very go compact. down the rabbit hole again. Yeah, oh, Villarreal down another
0: will rabbit hole again. You know, very very compact.
1: Oh, no. Um, I I thought you know we missed something at center back but that's a that's a personal issue that's a squad building conversation that's not not to have and i just thought they did, they overloaded how the rob midfield holding really, really is, well
0: how rob holding is captaining arsenal football club in 2021 when he was going to be sent on loan to newcastle yeah. at the beginning of the season is just a joke it's, in, it's, it's indicative like...
1: of, of of a lot isn't it um they were overloading the midfield. Obviously, the plan was kind of to get it to the wings. But the problem is, if you're not going to be quick enough on the wings, you're not going to have the, the overlaps from Tierney, you're not going to have the overlaps from Chambers. If you're getting it to the wings, all their only option is to play a little one-two off each other and then stick it back in the middle, where, you, where you've where got party, essentially, with four, four guys around him. Um, people hiding in channels. I think something I've really noticed recently is... When you watch City, and again, you know it's uh, the, obviously the comparisons come because they don't play the striker, and that's what we did this evening. But when you watch City, if you watch someone like Gundogan, he's constantly looking for the ball. He's constantly making himself available, coming to the ball, moving out of the channels, moving into the channels, trying to make something happen, moving and manipulating players, and they all do it. But if you watch someone like even Erdogan this evening, and especially someone like Pepe, someone like um, someone like uh, Xhaka or or Sabios. They hide in the channels. They hide behind those passing lanes. So someone like Party spins with the ball, looks up. What's he got? He's only got really a viable ball, especially in an unconfident team. As a viable ball, he's only got a Chambers. He's only got maybe Saka. As we just said before, if you're not going to have a overlap on the wing, it's sort of pointless. They they shift over. It goes back to Party, and we're stuck. We're stuck in this awful build-up with no centre-backs who can get us out. So it just feels. It feels so it feels like such a shame. Oh, you, and you, the, I think uh, now yeah.
0: you have to start to question whether the hiding in channels or that is, is a, is a player's decision or whether they're being told to occupy Ooh. these spaces at all time or whatever. Um, sorry, just randomly received a text from my mother who's downstairs. Um, <laughs> she's um,
1: saying I'll tell her out.
0: Yeah, mate. Who fucking knows? Um, Maybe, maybe I'll have to. I'll have to ask her. Have to Should ask her, will <laughs> we'll get on the pod. An, what? <laughs> what's an Arteta? What's an Arteta? What's um, that? What is that? Um, no, and you've, you, you. I think now I'm starting to wonder whether certain things are the players not doing what they're told, or you know, shirking and hiding, or doing what they're told, and it's just obviously not working anymore. Um. Yeah, and just the lack of any presence in the center of the park just just meant that all we did was you know just that wonderful little U shape that we're so used to seeing over and over and over again where you know we we the fact that we haven't been able to create a shot on target until we're given a penalty against the man who was famed when he was with us for having a shaky defence and conceding a shitload of sh- we conceded 20 shots to Watford when he was our manager 20
1: and we RXG, didn't get one on target our actually was 1.27 and but our penalty was 0.78 of that so yeah it's 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 a shame and I I think there was, you know, there was some nice build up at, at points, but again, and there was, some, you know, like you, look you at...
0: said, and like we've said, though, build up doesn't matter if if it's exactly. not going anywhere. Exactly,
1: and 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 I also, you know, with this thing of this sort of U shaped football that we seem to be playing at the moment, with this lack of penetration, this lack of centrality, without full-backs who can get you somewhere. When you know that's happening, you have to coach a side to to change it up. Maybe don't press as high and allow the runners to to do their work. Maybe um you know, try balls over the top, maybe stick three men in midfield or try you've got to try and, and create some triangles. You've got to try something. You can't just stick There's with no the same thing. There's no versatility.
0: There's no versatility and that is the big issue. Yeah. You know, and, and that's and one we... thing that we lord City for. We lord mm. City for the fact that they play beautiful football out of the back, but then a couple of times this season, you know, I think it's um Edison's got more assists than Tiago this season or something stupid. You know, because he'll just spot a long ball over the top onto, you know, Raheem Sterling and play a pinpoint ball. There is no versatility in this team. It is plan A and plan A only. And when plan A doesn't work, we lose or we draw. And that just happens again and again and again. We're just stuck on this merry-go-round where... Look, do I think if we had better players, Arteta would be doing better? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, but I do think <laughs> that's as much of an indictment about Arteta as well as the players. The fact that he needs better players than the one he's got. We've got Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, who, you know, has won the Golden Boot in this country and and beaten, scored thirteen goals in his first ten games and beat Robert Lewandowski to a to a you know who is the best striker in world football to a Golden Boot in Germany. You've got. Martin Erdegaard, a famed prospect Saka brilliant Smith Rowe brilliant Thomas Partey who's been to a Champions League final you know you've got a goalkeeper last season who was our player of the season I'm pretty sure or I don't know if it was the season before but like who had was lauded for for keeping us out of the mud for so long you know this is not a bad team like there are good players in there, and there are players that have been playing a lot better, and we just have to start to question whether that's down to the coaching or whether that's down to them.
1: Villarreal have won have won twelve and lost none of their last thirteen Europa League matches this season. Uh, they got the second goal um, again from a set piece. The guy whips it in free header.
0: Nodded on
1: free header. Um, Pablo Mari should be picking him up and he sort of has got his back to him or he's slightly offside and then it's just this sort of Leno
0: doesn't come for it and yeah nor and it, does he cover the back post angle and then nobody picks up the guy so and it's a centre back as well that's just that's the thing that pisses me off if you're thinking at a corner right who are probably going to be the most dangerous people that you're going to want to pick up from this set piece that's normally about heading it's the centre backs. It's the defensive midfielders. It's the feet. It's the people with physical presence who will jump and try and land a touch on the ball. And nobody is picking him up at the back post. But we're marking Paco Alcacer, who's like five foot six.
1: Where's Yerry Um Where
0: is Yerry Mina? <laughs> nine foot nine. Yerry Mina needs to be in our <laughs> back line from now on. Twelve
1: foot fifteen. Um, yeah, it, it, that would it, be it,
0: thirteen foot one, mate.
1: Oh yeah, um, <laughs> he. <laughs>
0: oh like wait, f- no, it'd be I. I was wrong as well. It'd be thirteen foot, foot like three, because it's twelve inches. Not. I can't remember 14. what I said at this point, Brad. I don't think it matters. Fuck knows. Uh,
1: no. <laughs> I was like move on. Um, the yeah, it, I mean, it was just a free. It, the free header shouldn't have happened. I think it was Jacko at the back post, should have been picking him up, and we're two 0 down. Um, there was the penalty incident in the, in the first half as well with um, with. Pepe, I sort of knew immediately it'll be ruled out. It was just one of those the second you saw I, I think I saw it on the first time, but second definitely the second time, it definitely hits his arm. It's 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 yeah. it's, it's definitely um um definitely should have been ruled out. Um The ref. <laughs> he was he was card happy, wasn't he? He loved a card. He also he loved did. sort of presenting the card. He was a big fan of a sort of flourish.
0: <laughs> yeah, like a... He wanted to make himself known.
1: He was a sort of a Mike Dean-esque character. I'm just going to look up how many um, cards he gave out. Because I I feel like... You know United won 6-2?
0: Yeah, mate. They're in the final, like... Yeah. The fact that we can't get through Villarreal and United are hitting this form and we think we're going to win the Europa League. we fucking mad?
1: We gave... He gave out... Well, because there was... um, Obviously... Six. Seven.
0: Seven. Seven yellow cards. Seven. One yellow for cards. Torres, two for Kapuwe, two for Ceballos, one for Party, and then one for Abamiegh. Seven. Yeah. Aubameyang it wasn't... was on the pitch like six minutes. How did he get a fucking yellow card? It,
1: it was. It was a foul in Venice. The
0: the <laughs> didn't even realize he got a yellow card.
1: Yeah. It was. It was. It was fairly. It was. It was just very card happy. I think he was, and, and it didn't feel like one of those games. Um, it felt like a little bit like the ref was trying to make it about him, which is a shame, but. Um. Yes. Anyway, came out the second half. Um. We'd obviously had some kind of instructions to get it down the sides. It felt like we were really focusing down the sides, and Chambers and 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 uh, Pepe and Jacker were starting to combine a little bit better down the sides. Um. But yeah, I just felt this real sense that when we're, we're we're trying to play this football that isn't. Isn't for us. And as much as you know, Pepe was working harder, and there was more defensive contribution. It felt like we were getting back quicker. Felt like we were getting in the shape quicker. Felt like we were trying to help each other out a bit more, make ourselves a bit more available. All the problems that we talked about in the first half. It's still the same. Parsi receives it, plays it between the lines. If we're lucky, we get through. But we're, we we face we face a line of defense. No one's willing to take a shot. So we play it out wide, and it, and, it, and the cycle continues. It doesn't matter where we are; we're still playing this sort of U shaped lack of penetration. If we're very very lucky, and we and we have the right people on, and the wind in, <laughs> is blowing the right direction, we get we get through. But it, it, yeah, it feels very. Um, if we had a long shot specialist or two, I think we'd be in a lot better position this season because um, we sit on the sort of the edge of the box, essentially waiting for someone to take a shot, and it just all feels very very dull um yeah. and then it came up to that um Sabahos incident for me it's not a second yellow but to be honest I would have wanted Sabalos off the pitch anyway I actually think we were better without subaru he's also I think made we were better he's also men.
0: made fa- like the thing is I think again that's the thing that we've spoken about where it's like accumulate it's accumula- it's accumulative like he's got a yellow card and it- then he's made two fouls or maybe even three post that yellow card and at that point the ref has no choice if you are consistently fouling um it's soft it's soft but it's like the kovacic one in the fa cup final where you complain if it's against you but if it goes for you you're not really particularly bothered so i don't think we can have too many complaints just give me 2 seconds Um where, where 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 were we? Yellow cards.
1: Yellow cards. Well the Yellow the cards. foul the sabbat foul.
0: Yeah, the sabbat's foul. So I think we're unlucky, but at the end of the day it serves Mikel right for not making the change. For being so stupid to leave him on. So it's soft. But it's it's one of those that sometimes goes for you, goes against you. But
1: mm. yep.
0: At least it ended up being you know ten v ten rather than eleven v eleven. And at the end of the day, at least one of their better players in Kapuue and our worst player in Sabios are banned from the next game. Yeah, I would. I, I, think, I, I, I think, think that's a positive to look for. Is that maybe we'll see Xhaka come into the centre, Cedric at left back, and they won't have Kapuue
1: maybe that but
0: is going to be a big thing moving forward
1: I think it's poetic justice that Sabah has got, got has got banned because he just deserves to be banned I think I said after the he should game, just be banned
0: for crimes against humanity against football against
1: football he honestly mate there was the game was it the Slavia Prague game the first one where he he nodded the ball over his head and they oh, went no, through no, no, was it Benfica that was, um, ben,
0: no, was it Benfica yeah it was, or Olympiakos Olympiakos, that Olympiakos, that Arcos, Olympiakos. maybe yes
1: that was the game when I said I never want to see Subas ever play for this club ever again, and I actually said I don't think he will. And I honestly, I think apart from maybe some sub appearances, if the teeny injury hadn't happened, I, th- I don't think he would have. No. Uh- <laughs> if we
0: sign this Don on a on a permanent, it's not only Kronky out, it's Edu out, it's it's get a lot of them out because fuck me if you have to be if you are that stupid that we've we've watched him just putting Beyblade two out of tens for a year and then you decide (laughs) to buy the twat like Christ almighty. Uh, Basically buying a fucking shit sandwich. Like what are you doing?
1: Penalty for me wasn't a penalty, (laughs) frankly. Uh, but listen, you take them when you get them. Um, I think it was soft. I I would have gone down if I was Saka as well, but we got it, put it away by, and again, it was a bit of a soft penalty in the, the way Pepe took it as well. Um, this keeper man, the Villarreal keeper, we should have pressed him. He looked like someone's cousin. He just looked like he looked like he won a competition. Honestly, he looked firstly, he looks tiny, he looks, and he also looked, looked like he yeah. didn't, didn't really fit in his goalkeeper kit. He gave the ball away probably more, more than every other player on the pitch. He was kicking it out when he had opportunities. He flapped it a couple of chances. I mean, he was absolutely amateur, and I thought. Why aren't we pressing on this guy? Why aren't we, we, we going no, towards him? We
0: had no intensity in our game. Snake up front at and the moment fucking, yeah. are famed for not being able to deal with fast paced football. You've you've we've we've all seen the photo where Messi is basically striding through the fields of players and there's no one left at the back line because they're all over the place. You know, they can't deal with fast paced football. And we just played so slow and allowed them to reset and reset and reset. We played with no intensity. And the thing that fucked me off about it as well is at the end of Go the on, game, Red. you see Granite Xhaka and other cunts that play for this football club, smiling, laughing and joking with Villarreal players. Do you really think that some of our legends, Patrick Vieira, Tony Adams, Burkamp, Pires, Henri would be laughing and joking after they've just lost a European semi-final. Like, that is... Like, I find that embarrassing. And if I was Granite Xhaka tonight, or if I was any one of those players, I would be embarrassed to even associate with a football club that has such a steeped history after that. Because that's, that's just the shambles. What Does it mean so little to you that you are in a European Cup semi-final and you've just lost... That you're laughing and joking with opposition players?
1: The pitch was slippy, Brad. That's why we lost.
0: Well, it had been, been raining. It had been raining. <laughs> we mustn't forget that it's been raining, so the pitch is quite... It's <laughs> been raining? Are you being serious? It's raining for both teams. Yeah, Come on, Ty. <laughs> it's been raining.
1: <laughs> He's got to go, Blood. If you don't know that clip, it's um AFTV. Time. There's a clip yeah. of Ty who tries to defend Arsene I think we lost against like Watford or something. Uh, decent chance for our at the end, but he did in fairness, he did slip. Um and yeah, listen, okay, again, <laughs> I feel like we we have our rant and then we we need to kind of find some kind of positive. So we aren't out of the tie. We've got an away goal. If we score one when we go back, we we're going through. That's how football works, mate. If we um, keep a
0: clean sheet. Yeah,
1: if we score more goals than them, we go through. So that, apparently that's how football works. Um the, uh, the and also Danny Sabas is banned, so we won't have to see another yeah. disaster glass. Positives. There are some positives, right?
0: There are some positives. I just think that the last um for me I don't think there's a a positive uh, it's really difficult but like part of me goes even if he wins the competition I've seen enough now to get rid of him and rebuild with the new finances that would be brought in from the Champions League with a with a way more proven manager because at the end of the day it's like we've said constantly about Arsene Wenger in his legacy that you know cup football is so fickle we dominated that 2006 final even with a man down and Henri has two gilt-edged opportunities that he doesn't put away so we lose the game and I wouldn't want a- another cup win to paper over the cracks that this season has had because we're not always going to get bailed out by winning the Europa League after coming 10th.
1: Before we get into news and views, one word summary.
0: Um, clueless. What about you? tragic it was a bit tragic wasn't it?
1: tragic it's what it was <laughs> we'll see do you do you know what it
0: looked like it looked like they decided to get the year nines on to play the year 13s
1: well there was certainly a year nine in their goal mate he looked t- I mean he honestly mate <laughs> tragic really tragic uh, we'll see you
0: after this Ryan Reynolds here for Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30? 30, How get 30? How get 20, 20? 20, 20? 20, get 20, 20? 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15? Just 15 bucks a month? so Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. News and views. News
1: and views. Welcome back to News and Views, where we give you all the news and all your views, but mostly ours. Just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy these pod- enjoy these podcasts, you can support us on Patreon and buy me a coffee. Links are in the show description. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> After the story of the game we have to take it because we are in the tie we are alive and with the circumstances that developed during the game it put the tie in real danger at some stages. Uh, Arteta on ESR is a false nine. It's the decision I made thinking that it was the best way to play but the game was conditioned after four minutes so it is difficult to assess whether it could work or not. Conceding the set piece as well changed it. Arteta on Ceballos obviously we talked at half time that we had to be very careful. There was already a tackle very early in the second half I was going to take him off. But by the time that Gabby was ready to come on, that action happened and he was out.
0: That is a joke. That is a joke. Oh, we conceded in the fourth minute so we can't see whether the false nine worked. Piss off. It obviously didn't work. Because it doesn't matter whether you- it wasn't working in the first place. Like, that's just bullshit. In the first place. <laughs> it's just excuses. It is, that is just the fattest excuse I've ever heard. Oh well, the system that I put in place meant that we conceded within four minutes, so we couldn't see whether the system that I put in place actually worked. What the fuck are you talking about?
1: A great, a great <laughs> oh, question. I
0: don't, I don't, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, and on the Sabios thing, take him off at half time, mate. If you're having, a, if you having, a, have words of telling him to calm down. Don't let him go back on the pitch and do the fucking same thing again. Like, right? if Twitter dons. If Twitter nonces can be tweeting out that Sobios needs taking off before he needs sending before he gets sent off right, and our own manager can't see this, what level of manager do we have? He's pissing me off at the moment, man. fuck this like bullshitty trying to twist that do you know what? that is classic Jose. That is a classic Jose move to go. Well, we conceded in the fourth minute, so we couldn't see if my good work actually worked.
1: Sometimes I think, Brad, if I just if I just say something inflammatory and then walk off, I could come back about half an hour later and you'll still just still be going. Oh, I'll still be
0: here. I'll still
1: be here. <laughs> what maybe I what should do is um, my internet's broken, so we're having to um, record on a, on a different thing. Um, So I'm thinking maybe I'll just put a picture up on FaceTime and then just leave. (laughs) See what happens. (laughs) Come back in a couple of days.
0: (laughs) There'll still be steam coming out of my ears, my
1: friend. Um, Okay, Brad, I wanted to uh, close up the show with a a question.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, And it's around the loans. Um, What do we do with the loan situations both in and out. So, what do you do around Matt Ryan? What do you do around Sabas and Erdegaard, the guys on loan with us? And what do we do about Mavropanos, Saliba, Gwenduzi, and Torreira? I know there are others. There's, there's, you know, Daniel Ballard and stuff, but sort of major first team guys.
0: Uh. We just have to start making some definite decisions around these people, and um, whether that be to sell them or to bring them in. And this is th- th- this is fifty percent of why I want Arteta gone at points because I'm like, well, we've got Saliba out on loan, we've got Mavropoulos out on loan, we've got Gwendausi out on loan, and we've seen Saliba be absolutely balling at Nice, and you know, there's rumours that Zidane's been taking a look at him to possibly try and persuade him to go to Madrid. You know, and we've seen that Gwendouzi's had a good season. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a very young prospect. And if you think, if he goes in there and waits two to three years, plays cup competitions, he's willing to do that. The reason he's not willing to do that at Arsenal is because he's got Rob Holding in front of him. It's a bit different when you've got, like, the likes of Varane and David Alaba as the two people who are in front of you in the pecking order. But um, we just need to start making some definite decisions. We need to, if Torreira's not it, he needs to go on a permanent. If uh, we like Matt Ryan as a backup goalkeeper, we need to bring him in. If we like Erdegaard, we need to bring him in. If not, we need to be looking at targets now. We need to be clinical. We need to be thinking, are these people going to serve us in the future? Is Saliba going to come in and play for us and be good for us? He should, but whether he is or not, because of whatever vendetta certain managers might have against him, then, okay, just sell him, get the money, reinvest. That, but again, that's why I, 50% of me just wants him gone so he doesn't do stupid shit like that. But we need to to actually stop farting around and being in this like namby-pamby, like half-in, half-out market where we're borrowing players. We need to be... Imagine if we'd have got in a Bissouma or we'd got in a even just like a, a, a Samari, like a slightly younger player, not got a lot of Premier League experience, who could have spent the last 12 months bedding into this squad rather than bringing in Danny Ceballos, who has spent another 12 months here for no reason and will now go, hopefully, fuck off back to Madrid and play for Real Oviedo or or, some, or somewhere. But we, we, we just need to start and actually create a core of this squad because so many of the team are a bit flimsy as to whether they're going to be in or whether they're going to be out.
1: Ryan Mavropanos.
0: Uh Ryan is p- a perfectly fine backup and I would bring him in but if it, is, it all depends Good on header what's of going the ball, on. It? Leno yeah mate not one down um all depends what's going on with Leno so you know and if we're looking to bring another keeper in permanently do we want to keep Leno as the backup rather than Ryan or do we want to bring in a younger profile keeper and have him learn under Leno? All of these decisions are kind of weird around Ryan. But with Sabios, I think we need to send him back. With Erdogan, we need to sign him if possible. But if not, it's not the end of the world. You know, if they're demanding 60 million for him and we're only going to spend fucking 80 million in the summer, there's no point. It doesn't improve our whole squad enough. Um, with Saliba, he needs to be brought back in and playing first team minutes ASAP the same with Gwenduzy Gwenduzy's done more on loan at Hertha Berlin than 60 70% of the Arsenal midfield have done this season whatever whatever you know disciplinary issues you've got you've got a player in there who's captaining you know the France under 23s to the fucking euros for Christ's sake and has helped Hertha Berlin stave off relegation so he's doing more than what we've currently got uh, Torreira... If I'm honest, I think we should let him go back to Boca Juniors if we can and if can finances a are fee. right, but it all just depends, doesn't it? But we we don't know what El Terroriste Mikel wants to do. So <laughs> El Terrorist, Yeah. Bit harsh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, Brad, we'll finish all off right, the man.
0: show. Oh, wait, no, 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 we can't finish yet. Why? What opinions do you have upon the loans, my friend?
1: No, I I, I didn't add to it because I, I love this. It's so, it's so good. You're just like setting me off. <laughs> yeah, just winding you up and letting you go, mate. Fucking... No, I, I basically agree with you. I, I, I agree on all the loans. I think, um, yeah, Saliba's got to come back in somehow. I think Mavropanos, I would sell because I think he's at a good price now. I don't think he's right for us long term. Mm. Um, Torreira, I would sell if we get a good... Good fee, when I'd bring back for another season, give another contract, try and integrate him. Uh, I'd keep Ryan, I'd try and keep Erdegaard, and Danny Sabayos, I would send to the moon. I would literally I would literally send Danny Sabios. I would actually on pay Virgin for Galactic Danny Saballos'
0: like first class ticket back to Spain tonight if he agreed to never play for this football club again. I would get my credit card out right now and pay for it. I'm not I'm not no bullshit. I would do it. It'd be first class and easy jet, but at least it's first class.
1: First class and easy jet. You get three centimetres more legroom,
0: And um, they don't spit on you as much, the, the hostesses. That's they nice. Uh... It's
1: really thoughtful of them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Mate, let's... have you ever flown one of those budget airlines where you genuinely feel like you're going to die? Do you
1: know what? So I, I had like a three-month... Spat with viewing. Do you know viewing?
0: I remember this. I, was I remember absolutely this. Absolutely
1: raging. I mean, genuinely, it was like the worst experience of my life. Basically, long story short, don't ever fucking fly with viewing. They're a bunch of lying pricks. Anyway, <laughs> I'm definitely angry about viewing and not Arsenal, 100. Yeah, um, I've
0: got, a, I've got, I've got a different story. I'll tell another time about um trying to catch coaches in, in fucking Bosnia to Croatia and genuinely <laughs> thinking I was probably going to get murdered by someone.
1: Ed and Jaka. Um Okay, it's the only people I know from Bosnia. Uh, we're going to finish the show, as we always do, Brad, with Arsenal trivia. So last time I asked you which former player uh, succeeded Bertie Mee in 19, uh, 1976, at the age of 34, as the youngest Arsenal manager to date. Do you know that,
0: Brad? It, I guessed George Graham last time. That was yes. wrong. I'm going to guess Herbert Chapman this time. It was
1: Terry Neal. Terry, Terry Neal. I'm there's a story nice. about either one of a manager that I didn't quite sort of sort of skim read around who taking, um, taking kickback from agents fees. And I was like, OK, so there's a precedent here <laughs> within the club. Um, Okay, and the next question for next week is, in what year, soon after relegation back to the second division, Woolwich Arsenal moved to the new Arsenal Stadium in Highbury, North London? In what year, soon after relegation, did Arsenal, or as they were known as the time, Woolwich Arsenal, move to the new Arsenal Stadium in Highbury, North London? What year? Any guesses, Brad?
0: Nineteen.
1: No, right, Brad. Pleasure as always. <laughs> no, <laughs> pleasure as always, <laughs> mate. Um, listen, We're... things
0: can only get things can quite
1: literally only get better. Um, and uh, one of my favourite moments of the last podcast was when I asked you if you felt any better, and you said no, you felt worse. I'm not going to ask you that. Um, but um. I do think the signs. I mean, all this Daniel X stuff and all this. Cronky stuff it feels uh, as yeah, though I mean hopefully he goes coming. because
0: we've basically got the MS fucking version of Mike Ashley in charge of our club at the moment so
1: yeah um, but yeah
0: even if they spend 150 million this summer or two uh, we need to get them out because it is, it's just PR nonsense but
1: 150 million I'll be happy well, I'm getting my KSE tattoo if they if we sign Grealish
0: I'll be happy with it but I'll still be chanting Cronky out at every opportunity I've got
1: Brad, odds on we get KSE tattoos, if uh, matching KSE tattoos, if we sign Grealish. Come on, for the pod. Matching KSE tattoos.
0: For the vibes, yeah. If we sign Jackie Grealish, yeah.
1: All right, cool, cool, cool.
0: All right, I'm down. (laughs) This summer window, if we sign him this summer window... We'll both get tattoos. We'll both get a KSE tattoo. All
1: right, I'm down. (laughs) Fuck's sake, I'm going to regret that so much. I'm not saying where... I'm not saying where.
0: Nah, it could be like an arse cheek or something. Yeah,
1: indeed, where they deserve to be. All right, Brad. Pleasure. Thanks for being here. <laughs>
0: thanks, mate.
1: And thanks for listening, guys. Um hope it was in some You way. are
0: brilliant. Thank you for helping us through the uh, The mental tundra breakdowns. of Arsenal Football Club.
1: Uh, <sighs> we will see you after the Newcastle Newcastle. game. Newcastle game. Newcastle game. Which
0: is on my birthday, so... Mr. El Terrorist, please do not you can't stop ruin calling my day. him that. <laughs> Why we call people were calling Emery a terrorist? Yeah, but this is in your sort of insular Twitter communities. People don't call
1: each other terrorists in real life. <laughs> <laughs> or nonsense. Exactly. Don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get cancelled. All right, mate. Pleasure, and we'll see you soon. Right. Bye, bye.
0: See you soon. Bye.
1: Thank you so much for listening to The Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at Knock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks.